everyone. I am Jose Bancourt, and you're listening to another episode of Living with TBI. So it's been a pretty rough few weeks. I'd say it's been a pretty rough month. Um, during the last week, my wife was in the hospital. She had complications, and she got really sick. She caught some type of infection or virus in her lungs, and at first they thought it was COVID, and then they thought it was pneumonia. So they said that she was sick maybe a week prior to going to the emergency room. So they kept her nearly, they kept her there for six days, and um, the hospital was in Long Island, and uh, Long Island, I don't know why I said it the way I did. <laughs> so I had to drive every day. Every day I had to drive from Queens to Long Island, and um, if you don't have an idea of that trip, if you don't drive on the LIE or the Grand Central, At a certain time, you are stuck in traffic. And so I live in a very busy section in Queens where there's the, you know, the LIE. You have Woodhaven. You have Queens Boulevard. You have a mall. Actually, you have two malls across the street. It's a very, very congested area. And driving to the hospital, because uh, where she was doing chemo is also the location where she was staying, um, you know, in the hospital. So doing that every two weeks was okay because, you know, every two weeks she had her her chemo. But going every day was something else. And then worrying about her, like that in itself was or is, not was, it's still strenuous for me. So the stress of making sure my wife is okay and then the stress of driving through traffic sometimes coming and going and then coming home uh feeling down because she wasn't home and i couldn't sleep you know quite frankly i could not sleep without her here and so having to deal with that and then having to to, to take the responsibilities of keeping the home under control, you know, and not making it look like a disaster. <laughs> and then, you know, making sure my son and I, we eat. My son is 19, so he can take care of himself. But, yeah, it's just, as I was telling my neurologist, um, a lot of responsibility has been put on my shoulders that um, normally I was taking, I was taking it slow, right? So, I knew, and if you guys have followed my podcast, I knew that I could only drive a certain amount of time and I had to pick and choose if I had to drive for leisure. Like I knew driving to chemo was top priority. There was no changing that. I was going to do that regardless. Taking my son back to school, like for example, in the end, at the end of August, I got to drive him back to school. So those things... I know I have to do. And then if I have any doctor's appointments, I have to drive to them. But any time I have to, or or any time we're going to drive, let's say, to go food shopping, I have to make sure that I can do it um, 
and it, it basically I have to make sure that prior to driving I don't overexert myself because as I told you guys uh being being surrounded by people is still an issue for me going to the supermarket is still an issue for me light like especially now has been really bright like almost every day so even if I look out the window and I don't have my sunglasses I eventually see uh you know I'll, I'll look into some type of bright surface that is reflecting sun and it, it just ruins the rest of my day so all of the things that my doctors have told me was going to put stress on my on my brain has been tripled you know and i have no way to just sit back and say i'm not going to do this today because my responsibility is to make sure you know that i go visit my wife every night thank thankfully she's home now but i made sure i visited her uh visit visited her every day with no questions right there was no way i was gonna not see my wife so i didn't care that i was pushing myself beyond <laughs> because like as i told my wife i said it's been almost two years since my accident and i've never driven that much in that span and it's really messing me up and she's you know she she understands but she's going through her own thing and she knows i'm not trying to bitch or or, or somehow uh, get out of any situation that, that requires me to do. But what's been happening as of late for, I'd say, almost two weeks. Um, for, some of the, for some of you that don't know, I got hit on the right side of my forehead, right above my right eye. And when I was upon impact, what I remember was the pain running through my right eye all the way back to the back of my head. And I swore that my eye popped out. So I kept holding, I remember holding my eye. And I remember asking my coworker, is my eye, <laughs> is my eye okay? Is it in place? That feeling has returned and it's been consistent. It hasn't gone away. It, it has calm down like if I take in like extra strength Advil they gave me some type of pill to take something called GABA something that's supposed to help with nerve pain and they're telling me that that's what it is it's a nerve issue and it hasn't gone away because maybe because you know the face the head the brain everything is is connected through ner through a complicated nerves nervous system and so they're, they're assume, they are assuming that because I got hit in the forehead, it hit a nerve and it just, that particular nerve is, is affected. And so when I get stressed, because before that's when I used to feel it, I used to get, I used to, whenever I started getting stressed out or pissed off, I would feel the like an annoying pain on, on the spot where I got hit and then it would travel. Now it's all the time. Now it's all the time. Uh, the the painkiller they gave me is called gabapentin. 
And a friend of mine told me that it helped him when he had a sciatic nerve, but that it was tough to get off, uh, to get off of. And I don't know if I told you guys about my situation with um, my anti-anxiety pill, which I'd say 90% I'm feeling better, but I still feel like a, a little bit of that withdrawal symptom still lurking somewhere. So he told me that he had a hard time uh, with withdrawal. And when I told the doctor... She said it's not an opioid, so she found that strange. And so I told her, I said, look, my friend is very experienced when it comes to, um, you know, pills. <laughs> let's keep it at, let's keep it like that. And I was like, if he had a hard time, then I'm worried that I'm going to have a really, really difficult time. And so she said, take it. You need it. If you're in that much pain and you're not slowing down, you don't have time to relax, you better take it. So I finally took one today and uh, I took a nap. And that was the big difference. When I was going to see my wife, I couldn't really stop and take those naps that I needed to recuperate. And I know that sounds pretty strange. And to some, that might sound really freaking nice. <laughs> you know, staying home, taking a nap when you want. Well, yeah, if, if I if I were to tell you that and, and say, you know what, I, right now I'm not at work, I stay home, I go to therapy a few times a week, I take naps, play video games when I can, watch movies with the wife, yeah, you're going to think I'm uh, chilling, you know? But the reality is, it's far from it. And in my head, I'm still not accepting the fact that sometimes I need to stop and take a nap because I look at my wife and I look at how she's struggling and I'm like, how can I take a nap when my wife is dealing with her own issues? And if she needs something, I need to be there to give it her. So my son is with us right now. You know, he leaves back to college at the end of April. I mean, uh, excuse me, August. And so, yeah, he can now uh, I guess when he's not out with his friends, he can now take some of that responsibility and, and allow me to just relax because today was one of those days, thankfully. I was able to take a nap because it, I swear it felt like somebody took a hammer and just whacked me right in the eye. It's And, and right now I'm feeling it all the way to the back of my neck. And... Uh, yeah, and you know, the funny thing is I got turned down for disability twice already, and they said the same thing that I can do. And you know what's really funny about what, um, number one, I didn't attend any trial, and I could understand the first one because of COVID, but the second one, the appeal, happened so quick. Like, you, people were telling me that the appeal was going to take a few years or something like that. No, it happened really fast. My lawyers didn't tell me anything, and I got a letter stating basically the same thing they told me the first time. They said, well, we didn't ask for any additional diagnosis. We just based everything on your original uh, case, and based on your age, your education, we found that you can still work. Um, you need to find a job that 
requires you to lift no more than 20 pounds <laughs> and preferably a job. Man, do I have it near me so I could read exactly what they said? Because I found it pretty weird. Let's see. Here it is. Uh, let's see. Based on your age, I'm 49, your education of 12 years and your experience, you can perform light work. For example, you could lift a maximum of 20 pounds with frequent lifting or carrying of objects weighing up to 10 pounds or walk or stand for much of the working day. See, I have, I've stated to my doctors, I've stated this, I believe on the podcast that I have an issue walking that I, I legitimately have excruciating pain on my right side because of the way I am walking and is due to balance. Like I legitimately have to think about how to walk if I'm walking and it's funny, it, 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 it gets a little easier the more I walk. Like, for example, the first 20 minutes, I'm struggling to walk. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, then I get into a groove and it's like riding a bike. But that happens all the time. There's no situation where I go out and I'm walking freely as I used to. So here... You know, they stated they didn't even bother to get a, an updated pr prognosis, which means that my doctors didn't even bother putting that into the prognosis. So a lot of people have been basically doing me wrong, right? So after all, it took them about two months before anybody took my head injury serious and did a, a CAT scan. So let me see if I can find where I left off. Okay, a job in which your difficulty seeing certain things would not interfere with your work. A job in which you would not work closely with other people. <laughs> and a job which you would have simple tasks. So, they just described a warehouse job. In a warehouse job, when they see me, 6'2", 270 pounds, they're going to say, you can lift more than 20 pounds. You can do more than what you're saying you can do. Stop lying to us. So they want me to work in a situation where either I'm a janitor at night, right? Or I'm a security guard at night, maybe. <laughs> Walking around on my feet the entire shift. And then what happens if, you know, let's say something happens. I'm not chasing anybody, right? <laughs> I'm not getting into any confrontations. So security guard, out of the question, right? Uh, unless I'm behind some type of plexiglass and I, you know, I'm letting people in and out of a building. But still, you know. Uh, let's see. Let's say Amazon warehouse, right? Based on all the stories. And I have Amazon, I have stock in Amazon. So... I'm still going to say it, but based on some of the horror stories I've heard from people who worked in Amazon and the warehouses, there's no way I'd, I'd make it past two days. 
So basically what they want me to do, someone, and I am someone who has built elevators. It is a skill that not many people know unless you went to school for it. And I went to school for four years to learn all this. I had to learn electrical, carpentry, steel, and uh, there's another one, but, uh, you know, right now I can't think of it, right? So we basically learned four separate trades in order to work on elevators because it requires us to build, to maintain, to mod, you know? So we had to learn every aspect, right? We had to put the, the rails on. We had to stack them up on top of each other. We had to weld the frame of the car. We had, you know, there's stuff that we had to learn that every trade, every, like, basically I can go and do electrical work. I can do carpentry. I can do steel work, right? I can do it. I can't be as good as I am with elevators, but I can do it. I know the basics, right? But none of those people, an electrician, a carpenter, or a steel worker is going to be able to jump into my trade because there's so much more going on, right? So basically what the judge who made this determination is telling me that someone with my skill set, someone who has been paid pretty good because of the trade, the skill that I know, has to now work in a job that requires no skill, requires me to work with barely anyone near me, <laughs> that will require me to stand for most of the day and lift no more than 20 pounds. Where the hell am I going to find a job like that and be able to support my family? I mean, if somebody knows something, please tell me. And the other thing that is not mentioned in this report is that I cannot, and I think actually, I think they did put it here. I think, I believe they put down that they understand I can't, let me see, because I do have issues with vision. We consider the medical and other information, your age, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it says, it, it, I remember reading something, okay, says, you said you were disabled because your neck, back, hypertension, which has, hypertension has nothing to do with what happened. Come on. I have slight hypertension. Uh, headaches, depression, cognitive difficulty. And it says, medical evidence show that you have had pain and stiffness with some restrictions of your activity and some difficulty relating to other people and some difficulty concentrating and remembering. So right there, they just admitted that <laughs> I can't learn anything new. And it's still, it, that bothers me so much that I can't learn anything new. Like it's getting a little better. I can remember a little more of stuff that I read and it's most, mostly the most recent, but you know, like if I read an article and I read through the whole thing, I can I can remember the a lot more than I used to. But I still cannot read the entire article 
as smoothly as I used to read before and just remember everything. I used to read pretty quickly. Now it takes, now it's a challenge. So, because I jump word to word. So I basically remember the last word that I remember, that I read. And, and I'm, I'm keeping that in mind now when I read and I'm trying to force myself to read smoothly. So the judge, whoever wrote this, basically uh, confirmed that, yeah, I do have issues concentrating and learning. So in other words, whatever, wherever I work, it has to be a very uh, basic job that requires no thinking, part-time, low income, and probably I'm going to have to deal with a boss that is going to piss me off. And, 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 and who knows what happens after that? Because if someone pisses me off, and in the back of my head, I have... In the back, look, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to find the right words. I've made good money because I earned it, right? I, I, I learned a skill. It's a dangerous job. Being an elevated technician, I, I, perfect example is me getting injured. Uh, and not just injured, because I've been injured before. I fell through an elevator escape hatch, and I've, you know, I've had a uh, torn thumb. I've had, you know, I've sprained ankles. It's a tough trade. Cuts, all that stuff, bruises, you name it. This was the worst injury, obviously, because it was right on my damn forehead and it was a 15 pound object. So, and it happened, it happened in the most oddest ways, you know, me helping somebody else because I was done with my work and, you know, but that's just the type of worker I am. So I have to go from making six figures a year to making, you know, a low salary and then ha possibly having some dirtbag manager pick on me because I can't do certain things. I mean, that is a possibility. And it's New York City. And in New York City, if you're not hustling... You're not working. <laughs> I ain't working in no fast food restaurant because I can't be near people. Somebody pisses me off because they, you know, they don't have enough mayonnaise on their burger. I'm going to wind up throwing the damn mayonnaise at them. So, yeah, I'm in a tough spot. I'm, I'm pretty angry, as you guys can uh, tell. I'm annoyed. I'm trying to keep calm. Uh, it gets a little gets a little challenging but doing this particular podcast it really helps me to vent and to uh and just talk let some let some things out and maybe some of you who are listening are going through something similar so anyway i'm gonna wrap it up i am jose Betancourt. i always appreciate the fact that there are people who listen to living with tbi and uh i hope you guys are doing well so I will talk to you later. Take care.